Hey everyone, welcome to the yet another amazing episode of our podcast series. This is Shorya and today we'll be talking to one of the most amazing social entrepreneurs who is even a UN Women Leadership Commitment Awardee. Her passion towards climate action, health tech and gender equality have reached to the epitome of success and her work has been recognized by many iconic organizations. A serial entrepreneur who is a founder and CEO of the Integrated Penguin, chairperson at Tip Sessions, partner at Occupy in Kandavra Heritage Home and a Google Animator. She has revolutionized the coastal communities in Kerala and has been constantly striving forward to support gender equality, be it through video games or generating employment. Today's episode will be all about painting a true picture behind the success of this entrepreneur. Presenting to you the story of Ms. Devya Hekte. Let's begin. Hello ma'am, thank you so much for joining today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast episode and I'm sure it would be such an insightful episode not to mention I have become an admirer of your work and the like you know the level you have taken your work so far and unleashing the best potential to each and every projects you have done. So if we can start with your journey of the beginning of the award-winning tech outfit the integrated penguin so how you came up with the idea and you know the what made you start this initiative and you know taking it forward to such level that you got recognized by you and itself so yeah it would be such a great pleasure to you know get to know about the about the work you have done so far uh sure thank you shorya for having me on your podcast uh, i'm excited to be here uh, the integrated penguin it's actually a design studio uh, that was started out of my garage and we were only two of them uh, two of us then um, and we slowly grew and the intention was never to scale it to a large extent but to do really good work at a small level and that's because i did not have any intention of uh, blowing it up into an ad agency or a design agency um in fact i was a freelancer before that and the only reason i started uh the agency was um a bad experience where a really big brand refused to pay me after making me work for 6 months and said you know you don't have a you don't have a portfolio you don't have a logo you're not registered just use our name um on your portfolio and get more work and out of frustration um you know i sketched out a logo and uh, said you know what i have a logo now i i went ahead and registered it and i said now pay me that's how it actually started uh, of course we really enjoyed um <laughs> thanks uh, of course we really enjoyed making uh, websites illustrations uh, all of that but there came a point for me and my team where we really wanted to do something different and we started looking at uh, projects that were not all uh, very uh, you know homogeneous in nature and uh, i'm sure you remember the nirbhaya incident 
and i am the kind of person that loses my mind every time there is a bad incident and i take out my anger on my dad or my brother or something like that and uh, my dad's a lawyer and one of the times that we were arguing he said you know the problem is not laws we have plenty of laws um you know rules regulations uh, but still people aren't scared this is not a legal issue this is a cultural um issue and he said you're in tech if if you could think of something like and around the same time i think blue whale was really popular and um it got this tag of being like a killer uh, yeah. a game where people were committing suicide of mm-hmm. course it all got proved to be wrong but we started thinking about if a game can really move someone to take such steps then it can be also used for doing good so my team and i started uh, talking about it and we said you know we're all really frustrated with gender issues and obviously uh, the things that uh, people do is a large part of it is conditioning while growing up etc so mm-hmm. what we said was let's look at childhood and upbringing and um the backgrounds of um these people and that's when we realized that uh, maybe we should come up with a game a gender equality game because games are great social currency um you know kids might not listen to their parents or confess to their teachers about the problems they're having but <clears throat> when it comes to games they'll obviously be a bit more open so the goal is to introduce gender equality uh studies from childhood of course in every school and we chose gaming as a medium uh, and i really do believe that it is a fantastic uh medium to do that the work is underway and we hope to uh you know have uh, gender equality as an important subject for every child in the country one day yeah it's really great to know like how video games you know it could be used for more than just for for leisure or you know making cuz crunching numbers more easy so you can you know make the children more children more like into more valuable stuff and you know the way they interact with video games it's like different so yeah making those yeah, to that level very very powerful uh, media yeah. definitely so like how i would really love to know you know ki how each and every day you made sure to like like you know put yourself on the right path and you know like really hit the nail on the right thing so you know do you like bold you keep kept building each and every day and you know you took this to such an high level so yeah what made you keep nudging yourself ahead each and every day so be great um i think for me if i'm not doing something uh, that i find uh, close to my heart i really can't take it forward of function different people uh, function differently for me that works being passionate about something so i for me i'm uh, the subjects that are close to my heart are gender equality um climate action and health tech so these are the areas with which i'd like to work and owing to my background using design and technology for social impact sort of comes naturally now it took a lot of effort and work and 
you know, trying to figure out stuff. It's not that everyone um, already knows what their passion is or already knows what they'd like to work in. It, it takes a, a sort of a journey to arrive there. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. For now, I think this is what I want to do. It may evolve tomorrow. Uh, it's important to not box yourself and think that, okay, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. Yeah. And that has helped me. Of course, reading has helped me immensely. I think the more you read, the more um, you get ideas and your thinking evolves. Uh, so that's a lifelong process. But yeah, like you said, it requires daily work. And that is something you absolutely cannot uh, escape. It requires daily work to an extent that, uh, you know, some people might make fun of you, but if it's what you want to achieve, then you work towards it. And, uh, like, you a fixed mindset you really hampers the growth. So abundance mindset yeah. is much better. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Having a fixed mindset doesn't really help I know that because I've been that. I feel like I've... I guess I'm everybody nowadays is like the same. Like, you know, we get inspired yeah. looking towards different opportunities and we get fixed towards it. So yeah, it's really important yeah. to you know, like get an abundance mindset. So I also learned that you are a graduate from Northwestern University. So what role did studying abroad and getting in global exposure have played you know, so important part to your role, the projects you have been working so far? Um, I don't think it had to be Northwestern University. Of course, I had a great uh, time. Uh, I owe a lot of my learning to them, but it could have been any university outside, right? Not a lot of us are fortunate to uh, go outside and study. I'm very grateful for that. And I think it's the experience of meeting different kinds of uh, people, um, being broke a lot of the times and learning to grow up and handling uh, yourself. All of that has contributed. Personally, um, yes, for a large portion of my 20s, I believe that having a master's degree or a foreign degree makes a difference. Uh, but I think it's more about going outside of your immediate surroundings, not living with your family, um, you know, fending for yourself. Those are the things that make the difference. That degree at the end of the day is honestly a piece of paper. It may get your foot in the door in some places based on your interests. Uh, but it doesn't really take you uh, much further than that. And I think if anything, the pandemic has proven that um, degrees really don't matter as much as your skill and what you bring to the table does. But definitely being outside has helped me grow up. It doesn't have to be Chicago or Northwestern. It could be uh, leaving Bangalore and going to Pune, for example. It doesn't matter. You have to be outside your comfort zone. And that's what actually helps and you'll realize that you've grown up in one particular setting, uh, thinking the same things, you know, uh, shaping your personality in one way. But when you go outside, you get an opportunity to reset, 
you learn to understand different perspectives that there's really more to everything than just your myopic view so that way it has really really helped me that's so beautiful uh, yeah the iterations you know that you got so far that shaped into perfectionism so yeah it's really great so i was also glad to learn about the tip sessions and the impact you have done so far in karnataka and the coastal regions around it so can you elaborate a bit on how do you approach to the problems you identify in those areas and you know the kind of problems the communities are facing and how you approach to the core problem and you know really strategize the plan to devise that problem can you share some of the anecdotes from the experience sure um tip sessions is headquartered in udupi which is my hometown district um i was one of those uh, people that you know grew up spending all of my summers and winter holidays in my grandparents house by the beach with the local communities and i honestly never wanted to do that i did not want to spend all of my holidays there but my parents made sure that i'm in touch with uh, my roots right all i wanted to do is not be there be in the city be outside the country i always had this yearning but i think a turning point for me was moving back from chicago and spending a lot of time in my native place again and if you've ever been to uh, udupi mangalore or chikmagalur um the coast essentially is flanked by the arabian sea on one side and the western ghats on the other it's a stunning place but yet we yearn for high rise buildings and uh, we don't care if there's a construction being done on a storm water drain or whatever it is plastic is very aspirational over there and i realized that wow we're we're really chasing all that's bullshit <laughs> it's not required uh, so that's where i said i want to give back to my hometown so what i'm going to do is i'm going to start talking to uh, college students and kids about uh, you know life beyond doing just engineering and medical because that's the aspiration over mm-hmm. there and in one of those sessions we started speaking about the environment because i'm really in love uh, with um that place and uh, nature and one of the kids said yeah that's great you know you've come you've gone to the us you've come from the city you're telling me about all this fine i'll stop using plastic but where does this all go and it's at that moment it's really like a slap in your face because you're being told that you are not communicating not in so many words you're not communicating with the people you're trying to influence you're talking at them do you even know the background of what you're saying right um so we started looking into where the waste goes what is the actual usage of plastic etc and we realized that we don't really have a solution for all of that most of it ends up in the landfills uh that's when we took up a small panchayat started doing door to door collections ourselves doing the segregation understanding what goes behind waste management and slowly we've built up trust in the community um of course uh for me i got lucky there because my parents also do a lot of social work so the connects were not as difficult as uh it normally would be and 
again really grateful uh, for that so i decided why not use the existing networks and leverage them um so we got into that we we brought a certain level of discipline into waste management and that helped us expand um and build relations and the other thing we noticed was you know the language of climate communications you cannot tell some tropic human beings uh, that a polar bear is suffocating because of plastic right you'll manage to elicit some sort of sympathy uh, not empathy and it will not drive home the message of urgency of climate change or action you have to really tackle behaviors of people what kind of communication could you put out that would uh, urge them to act uh, you need to appreciate people for taking small steps rather than talking about the 2 degree change about global warming not giving the reasoning for it or saying landfills are bad not giving the actual reason uh, for it expecting people to understand and be moved as much as you are uh, so changing the language of climate communications is was also important for us for our work and that's what uh, we are attempting to do and of course looking at um gender justice as a big factor of climate change you might have heard that women are an important aspect of climate change and that's because when there is a disaster or a drought or food shortage whatever it is it's the woman that compromises yeah, right definitely. she's the first one to cut down her consumption she is the one that goes to get uh, water for her family so it's important to have women as a big part of the fight for climate uh, action and to tackle the challenges so these are the areas that we work in and i really really believe and as does my team that you have to have community led climate action or waste management or whatever it is without community action it's really difficult to move forward so that's what we're uh, working towards okay i also learned that you know the employees you are working with are actually the women of the same community so like how those women have come forward and you know really they left their houses and you know really they aspire to work towards a better communities for their families or for themselves so how they have come up so far in the communities yeah the great if you can explain um so when it comes to waste management uh women are naturally more open uh, to dealing with waste a they're already working with the panchayats b uh, this question of ego doesn't come in as often as it does with men you see waste is still considered as a lowly kind of uh, job and um it's it's quite a task to make people look at um waste management as something important because we normally um get concerned about waste only when it's in our house the moment it uh gets out of our door we treat it as it no longer being a concern but it's it's we've been more successful in making women understand um you know the detrimental effects of unmanaged uh waste 
um, women of course are very hardworking and um, yeah that's and for them they are important stakeholders right they stand yeah. to lose a lot even in terms of the harm that it will uh, do to their children or their husband or parents their loved ones they are uh, more sensitive to that so women just become a natural choice and you're creating livelihoods uh, the men a lot of the times already have jobs um women then become a good audience to motivate uh, and show that there is money and livelihoods to be made in waste management that's beautiful that's really great to know sir it was so much insightful like you know the women of that community are really coming forward not just you know in their homes and really putting out themselves out there make a better living for themselves and their families so i remember you mentioned about the networking that helped you so far in building the right communications and you know building the right kind of foundation for your project so what you know learnings can you share from for the other aspiring entrepreneurs social entrepreneurs you know the students of our ages can you know really leverage networking not like in current times there are no much that there are not people think there are not much possibilities to you know network with right kind of people so how you feel in current situation the pandemic everything has shifted online so how right. we can leverage the networking platform you know to get surrounded with the right kind of people right um firstly i'm someone who started out absolutely detesting uh, networking even now if you give me a choice um i would rather be a hermit but uh, the thing is it's really important to build relationships networking doesn't mean um going to an event talking to as many people as possible handing out your business cards and running away we all know what where business cards land up we collect too much and we don't really refer to them uh networking is really about seeking out uh people who you find interesting reaching out uh to them and requesting for a conversation um and to say if you're on linkedin and you reach out to someone uh please be courteous when you reach out and do tell them what you're looking to talk about please don't just send a hi and then if you do get a response from someone how are you this is not like facebook or instagram right everyone understands and respects that linkedin is a professional platform and everyone's there uh, chasing something looking for something looking to learn looking to build a connection so they'll totally understand if in the first mail you uh, tell them what you uh, want and if they can help you most often people do of course if you reach out to a really uh, busy or famous personality they may not always have the bandwidth to get back to you the key to the key thing to remember is don't be offended if someone doesn't respond um they don't know you and it's definitely not personal for them different people are going through different um things in their at that point in their life or they're simply too busy or over overwhelmed to respond to you but definitely reach out and that's something that i've learned the hard way it's really uncomfortable in the beginning but it just becomes practice once you 
realize that no one's got anything personal against you. If they would like to uh, respond, they will make the best of it. Have your questions uh, ready. Try to make um, the meeting as fruitful as, as possible, especially in, uh, during pandemic, right? It's not, it's not easy to go out uh, for a cup of coffee or request a meeting with someone and meet them uh, in person. You have to do it all online. There are different avenues there are like a million webinars and workshops happening. If there is someone that catches your fancy with regard to your work, etc., make time to reach out uh, to them, send them a note. It could be, these days it's Clubhouse. There's a lot of groups uh, that are on Clubhouse, you know, discussing different subjects. That's a new way, a good way to uh, network. Um, there's also, um, Facebook and Instagram, I know a lot of people network within groups. I'm not talking about sending friends requests to random strangers, but there are interest groups, right? Where discussions happen, put out a question, uh, answer someone's query if you can help them. These are all ways to network without really being in your face or in someone's face and saying, hello, I'm so-and-so and rattling out your uh, bio data. So, <laughs> Yeah. do that I think the first thing is to lose the fear of reaching out to someone and then um, more the hesitation of reaching out to someone and then the fear of uh, um, rejection or like the, the fear of being disliked if you can get with that not everyone's going to like you you just have to uh, move on right you, you yeah. don't like everyone as a person but what is it that you want from them, you separate the problem from the person and tackle it that way. I'm sure I would definitely, you know, I was the person who was a sort of introvert and I also learned it the hard way, like you know, reaching out to the right kind of people. And it's really wonderful, like people do revert back and they do help you. So it's really great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And being an introvert uh, doesn't mean that uh, you don't do business or you don't chase what you want. Yeah. It takes a little bit of uh, work to convince yourself to reach out. But once or twice when you see that uh, it it works, people are happy to help, uh, you'll still, you'll continue being an introvert, but it's got nothing to do with um, having processes, right? You don't have to really love it or enjoy it as long as you're not hating it. <laughs> so coming back to your work. So I learned that, you know, you have served clients like the government of Karnataka or the British Council and much more. So I'm also working towards the same line. So, you know, to serve the clients and also, you know, to like really help them navigate through their strategic challenges. So how do you think you, you know, you really delve deeper into the root causes of the problems the client are facing and help them overcome their strategic challenges? So, and not to mention the clients who have served, they were you know, really big organizations and they were really important and, you know, the real organization. So what was, there must be some pressure upon you, so, you know, to really bring out the best and, you know, really put the best thing on the table. So how you have navigated through that part so far? 
ironically the biggest clients um, will not often be your best work that's because they're already up there they have their own rules and regulations right uh, they have like sort of a box in which you have to work um, and it's not their fault they've established themselves in a certain way they have systems etc as much as it might frustrate you you simply cannot go out of that uh, rule book uh, so to speak so yes it is interesting and challenging because you're trying to infuse sort of fresh ideas into existing systems um the thing to understand is to actually first research about them and learn where they're coming from because it can get very uh, frustrating and then you slowly start to enjoy the challenge of communications with strict rules there's two ways you can look at it one is just give them what they want move on do the standard work or you uh, try to find middle ground with them right and then uh, come to a sort of agreement where you both come halfway and that's what we tried to do especially with the um, i would say the government there's really uh, no scope to go crazy uh, with the government but you can meet them halfway and knowing the language really really helps so yes do your homework before you um tackle big projects especially with uh, bigger clients the smaller clients are actually way more fun because you're both starting from scratch right um so there's there's way more that you can infuse by way of uh creativity and crazy ideas uh it may not always be um panning out the way you want it to because we always find that there's a difference between art for art sake creativity and then there's uh, art for business creativity for business where your client uh, is more important than your ideas right so at the end of the day you have to listen to your client but it's always more fun with uh, smaller clients because they want to experiment as well yeah and also like i learned that you are a partner of two organizations then you are also you know running your own successful venture then you are also the chairperson at tip sessions so knowing this all i couldn't help but stop myself from you know ans- like really asking you that what's the reason of your high potential productivity every day you put forward and what helps you make the best out of each and every work day you have in front of you a team i'm not doing it all by myself <laughs> right and this has happened over 10 years it's team and uh, time i didn't wake up and set up different things i first started with the agency uh, the gender equality game is happening from within the agency in partnership uh, with holy cow productions uh, gautam is a dear friend and phenomenal help with the gender equality game um so there's collaboration over there and with tip sessions also it's not me there's like 
close to 100 other people doing the work right the women are working i have a team set up locally uh, that does fantastic work my uh, integrated penguin agency team helps with um, the communications aspect of it so one is you have to be on the same page as uh, everyone else when it comes to principles right you have certain principles that have to match with the team otherwise you can't have if if your agency team didn't um resonate with your want to do gender equality work or climate change work that would never pan out similarly with occupy the health tech work that we are doing we have some wonderful friends in new zealand that are uh, helping us with the tech aspect of it uh, of course my partner and cousin akshay is phenomenally understanding that i do different things and he's big support so it's important uh, to align with your team they have to be on the same page as you and they have to have the tolerance for uh, the things that you want to do and support you uh, similarly you have to support the team um it's not a one way instructional thing that happens with us right uh, everyone's consensus is taken it's more of a discussion than a um than dictation i would say so that helps a lot and if you don't have a great set of people working with you of course you won't be motivated on a daily basis um being stubborn helps i can thank my parents for that but uh yeah i think having a great team uh, reading as much as possible trying to get mentors mentorship is really really important um having good mentors also um helps cause they'll they'll sort of keep you in check and ensure that you're going in the right path then not like um, you know teachers or parents that will reprimand you they'll tell you what's right or wrong but it's ultimately up to you to be self motivated as well right so how did you you know align your yourself and your team with the motion and yeah, the vision you are working towards so there must be times you know like you must must be distracted from the you know the main target or the main mission you are working towards or the people you are working with so how you bring them back to the track and you know keeping them on the right direction align aligning themselves and yourself with the motion and vision you are working towards well uh, aligning starts from the time you start interviewing people to be part of your team uh you have to really try and get to know the person's motivations uh it's impossible in the interview alone but uh i think alignment starts from the time of the interview why have they applied uh to your uh, company or studio or initiative whatever it is what motivates them to continue working sometimes people don't want to be with you for more than a year and that's okay they've moved on but when they're starting out um are they aligned with the vision of what you're doing it's on you to explain where the company is uh, going what the initiative wants to achieve and if if they're in agreement with that then that's your first step but um 
once they're on board and they're working with you, it's really important to um, have talks with your team often, inform them about where these initiatives are going, be vulnerable. A lot of people think that if you have a team or you're running a business, you have to be so strong that you can't show um, the challenges that you're facing. Um, I think it's the opposite. I'm comfortable being vulnerable uh, with my team. Mm, we never at any point think we've made it kind of a thing. I know that you keep saying, how did you do this? You've made it, you've got that <laughs> award, all of that, right? Yeah. We don't feel like that uh, within the team. We feel like, of course, we rejoice the small victories. And that's something that uh, my team has to uh, show them the impact of what they're uh, working on and celebrate the small victories, which I'm not terribly good at. I'm quite self-critical. So the team helps me with that. That's good. So the last question would be, see, like taking insights from your journey. So what would you suggest the students to keep working towards their passion and really, you know, take it to the best level possible in every aspect? So any insights from your journey or any learnings you can share for the students? Um, yeah, first of all, I think uh, let's not pressure ourselves uh, to, you know, be like, uh, let's take it to the best level. It should be more like, let's do our best, right? We have to be completely uh, honest and sincere with our efforts. What happens, honestly, is a factor of a lot of things, not just your hard work, right? With, for example, um, our health tech startup, we started right before the pandemic and lockdown hit. Now, we've done what is possible from our end to the best of our abilities, but the pandemic hit, so things are getting delayed. So if you pressurize yourself to absolutely be successful, you're in uh, for running into disappointments. So yes, do your best, whether it becomes the best is a different, it's, a, it's, it's born out of a factor of uh, things. The other thing I would say is um, confidence is everything. Uh, there is, a, um, I think, um, I don't know if you've ever faced it. I have faced it. I could have done a lot more things if I had faith in myself. And trust me, a lot of people in their 20s have been told this again and again and again. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of us only learn in our 30s. Uh, this fear of failure is something that's inculcated in us from childhood. Uh, unfortunately, from schools and a lot of times within the family, um, we really have to let go of that failure because we have to think what's the worst that can um, happen. And there is no improving, evolving or getting better without uh, learning how to face failures. You're never going to be that person who has not had one single failure. In fact, I wouldn't even encourage anyone to call it failure. I have started calling it lessons rather than failure. And that's when um, the attitude shift uh, happens. So yeah, definitely take everything as a lesson. 
read as much as possible. I cannot emphasize enough how much reading has helped me. I'm not one of those people that find inspiration um, in famous personalities or idols or whatever it is. My jam is to take inspiration from the different people I meet. I try to learn things from them and I don't do it consciously. It's a subconscious thing now. So take inspiration from things around you and don't set yourself up for a timeline or, um, you know, look at articles and lists of top hundred these people and, uh, you know, billionaire in your twenties or whatever it is. Know that it's really point zero something percent of the population, right? Everyone's having their struggles. So stop uh, comparing yourself to ridiculous standards. Um, ultimately, articles, magazines, everything, they are written and edited to sound great, right? What about um, the unsuccessful uh, endeavors that these people have had. Nobody really talks about the struggle uh, or the failures or the lessons learned or whatever it is. So stop unnecessarily pressuring yourselves. And yes, you will never be fully uh, making your parents happy or satisfying them, right? That's like a, a cycle. So don't feel bad about you're never going to make anyone fully happy you have to be okay with that you have to have the courage to be uh, disliked or you have to have the courage to have your ideas uh, disliked and one thing I absolutely absolutely hate and try to tell everyone don't subscribe to the cancel culture there's no um, there's no victory in shaming someone you can try to change someone and try to communicate to them but shaming trolling that's just the lowest thing that you can indulge in. Please don't do that. There will be people who have different opinions. That's okay. You can try to change them. You can try to communicate with them. But you're definitely not achieving what you want by trolling them or shaming them. Cancel culture is really this new ridiculous phenomenon that's uh, coming about. And it's really not helping anyone. You have extremists on both sides of an opinion and... That doesn't solve the problem. It makes for just great masala at times. That's all. Awesome. Thank yeah, you so much for good. your time. And, and I'm sure the listeners today, you know, would be really inspired by the true picture you have painted for us. So yeah, the incredible work you have been putting out. It's really inspirational. And best wishes for your organization and all the projects you are working so far. I'm sure they would reach more and more better heights further. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed chatting. Um, you know, always happy to um, answer questions of the listeners. Um, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you can always reach out to me over there and best of luck with what you're doing i think it's awesome you're trying to bring the real picture of uh work and not the glamour side of it so all the best to you guys as well mm -hmm.